Exodus chapter 23. My name is Pastor Wetla Simankane, thanking you for joining us as we go through the word of the Lord in Genesis. Genesis 23 reads, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kajath Abba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. May you close your eyes with me as we pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this word. And we ask that as we meditate upon it, you may speak to us and that you may comfort those of us that have lost loved ones. Many of us are grieving. Many of us um, during the pandemic um, have seen and buried our loved ones. And many of us have not just buried one, but have had to repeat this very painful exercise. And so, Father, we are asking that your comfort through the Holy Spirit may reach out to all of us and may you give us strength to keep on moving. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Grief. This is the first account of grief, bereavement, and funeral preparations given at any length, at any great length, so far in the Bible. It is therefore quite a significant passage of Scripture. And I pray that for all of us that have lost loved ones, that this may also speak to us. Sarah, by the way, is the only woman whose age at death is mentioned in the Bible. Just an interesting fact. If you have recently gone through loss, if you have lost a loved one, this story is for you. Abraham has lost his wife. Isaac has lost his mother. At this point, he is about 37 years old at the time of her death. The Bible says Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. During the period of the pandemic, many of us um, have had to weep and mourn. I remember at some point I was standing in front of two coffins bearing siblings. The weekend before, in a neighboring town, we had had a family, not from our faith community, but from the general community, a family in Schwarzrenegger that was bearing 17 family members, 17. And so this story may open some wounds, but I am praying that the Holy Spirit may rather use it to comfort us that the Holy Spirit may use it to give us perspective and to give us strength. The story speaks to us. In the Bible, we learn that it is not just all right to grieve, but that it's important to grieve. You are not less of a believer for crying, for feeling pain, for weeping. Abraham wept. Death is painful. John even tells us that Jesus wept. Jesus, the Son of God, he wept. Sarah had been Abraham's soulmate. 
She had been his co-traveller on this epic journey from the land of Er to, Ka to Canaan. She dies right in the heart of the promised land, having sojourned the length and the breadth of the territory. She was with Abraham for every pinnacle when he received the covenant she was there, when he defeated the coalition of kings, when he received the covenant of circumcision, and when God changed their names, Sarah was by his side. What a journey this has been. But she was also there in some of the low moments in the valleys with Abraham. She was complicit in perpetrating the deception on who she was to Abraham, a sister rather than his wife. She was also instrumental in some of the failures. You remember the Hagar affair. She was ultimately the mother of laughter, the mother of Isaac. Together with Abraham, they had laughed and cried. They were soulmates. They had accomplished the impossible. Sixty years they had been married and walked the road of life together. A formidable couple in the history of this world and in the history of redemption story. Sarah, what a woman that she was. A woman of faith. If we were to hold a memorial service for Sarah, we would quote Isaiah who says, Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. Huh? Chapter 51, verse 2. Isaiah. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. He would have stood up at the memorial service, right? And there includes Sarah in the great hall of fame. Hebrews 11, verse 11. A queen, beloved, had died. In our colloquial, we'll say, Impogoto. The reality of death enshrouds the entire passage, and we must pause here. For the preacher Solomon writes, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2. They will not run from it. They will not seek to escape it. This is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. We are in this chapter in the house of mourning, and we will not rush to the house of feasting. Let us dwell here. It is all right, beloved, to get to the house of mourning. It is an important phase in this life under the sun. For this is the end of all mankind. Let us dwell upon it. Let us reflect upon it. Let us bring ourselves to the reality of it. I will die someday. You will die someday. And so the wise man says, Teach us, Lord, to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Unfortunately, today, people do not want to, conf to confront this, to reflect squarely upon it. You find people drowning themselves in alcoholic beverages to take away the pain. But the wise man says that I will dwell in the house of mourning and I will lay my heart to it. Though Abraham had been promised Canaan land, the death of Sarah would have brought him to the place where he confessed in the words of Hebrews, that we are strangers and pilgrims in this world. All of us are passing through. All of us are just passing through. Pilgrims in this world. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. We live and we die. There is a time to be born and a time to die. 
I want you to confront this reality, beloved. Isaac, sorry, Isaac is mourning. Abraham is mourning. They are mourning somebody who was with them and yet is no more. They too would be no more at some point in time. Sarah dies. Sarah dies in Hebron. Not having received the promise, Abraham apparently would also die not having received the promise. But the promise rang in his heart. And please catch this. Listen again to this promise as you look at Sarah's coffin. To your offspring, I will give this land. All the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Chapter 13, verse 15, the previous chapter 12, verse 7. In chapter 13, verse 17, Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Verse 15, chapter 15, verse 18, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, to your offspring. And I will give to you and to your offspring, after you, the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. Chapter 17, verse 18. Why do I bring up these promises? And when we are talking about Sarah's death, listen to this. Sarah dies in the land on which God promised. As Abraham knelt next to his wife, next to her coffin, he gained some clarity and some resolve. He rose up. From before his dead, the Bible says, and he said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner ah, <laughs> and a foreigner among you, a pilgrim. Give me property among you for a bearing place. Now listen to this. He says, I am a sojourner. I am a foreigner. What, must, why am I, what am I asking from you? Give me property among you for a bearing place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Verse 3 and 4. Abraham was so sure that his descendants would get this land that he wanted Sarah's bones to be there when they got there. In other words, he is saying that though I am a pilgrim, I understand that the land I am on is the land of promise and I put a stake right here on this land. Let me buy a piece of the land and bury my wife here. When my descendants, the sons and daughters of this woman are born and when God's promise is realized and fulfilled, let them find her bones, their great-grandmother's bones in the land of promise. Brueggemann puts it, puts it well. He says, The legal action of a purchase was a full investment in a promise against the present circumstances. Close quote. Against the present circumstances. Landless, right? Abraham put his stake on the promise of God. This land. For those of us that are parents, let us think about our descendants. Let us put a stake on the promise of God, for God's promises are for you and for your children. As we have been going through these chapters, I hope that you have been claiming the, God, the promises of God. Abraham looked beyond this death and considered God's promise to the children of the woman he was to lay to rest. But what Hebrews points, to, points us to is that Abraham looked even further. He was looking forward to the city that is a foundation whose designer and builder is God. Hebrews 11 verse 9 and 10. So it is, beloved, with us. Paul says in Philippians 3 verse 20, Our citizenship is in heaven. 
and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3 verse 20. Beloved, we mourn, but we mourn with hope. We mourn looking forward in time. We mourn looking forward to a promise that shall be fulfilled. We may die in faith not having received the promise, but we embrace it from afar, acknowledging that we are pilgrims and strangers in this world, but that we know God is not ashamed of those that make such a confession that God has prepared a city for them, that God has prepared prepared a promised land for them. We look by faith, beloved, beyond the present material world to the architectures of heaven, to the eternal foundations laid by God himself. If you have mourned a loved one, look forward in hope to the day when God's promises shall be fulfilled. He gained clarity when he was mourning. His eyes were washing his eyes so that he could see that this land on which Sarah is dying is the land that God has promised me. And so he claims now a little stake. And so the death became, as it were, the introduction to ownership. And there, there was transference in the future children could inherit. I pray today that you may be given hope for a land that is coming beyond what you give your children as an inheritance, material things, may you give them an inheritance that cannot be taken away, which is the kingdom of God. Let us close our eyes and we pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word and we thank you that we mourn, but we mourn with hope. We do not mourn as those that have no hope, but we mourn as those that know that Jesus is coming, that he shall raise the dead, and that the dead in Christ shall rise and be caught up with Jesus in the air. We mourn with hope, for our hope tells us that soon and very soon, the promised land shall be ours. Canaan land shall be ours. We shall enter it and study war no more. In it, there shall be no more sickness and no more death. In it, we shall eat of the fruit of the tree of life, and we shall have life eternal. That promise, dear Father, is ours, and the death only washes our eyes to see clearly for the tears give us clarity that soon and very soon the ultimate promises of God shall be fulfilled. And so, Lord, give us the strength after we have mourned to rise and to do what is right in order that this eternal inheritance may indeed be ours. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.